The Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas is presented by UFC Fight Pass. This is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. Indeed, it is the Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas. I would be lover in the form of Brother Love, J to the C. He would be fighter in the form of the UFC pioneer, fighter, coach, corner, king of all UFC media, star of every platform possible, and possibly now best friends with both Meatball Molly and Patty the Batty. These are your these are your new besties, Dino. These are your new friends from London. Yeah, man, I've been hanging out with them in London. I mean, well, actually, they're from Liverpool, so we were in well, Liverpool. That's right. that's right. So I, I went from London to Liverpool just so that I could hang out with Molly because I, I love her dearly. Yeah, and she loves you too. You guys have you guys have known each other for a while, training with Jillian Savage Robertson. But Patty and you, this is a burgeoning new um, bromance. This is a brand new kind of uh, bromance love affair. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't really know him all that well, but I'm getting to know him and just getting to figure out what makes him tick and what makes him special because he's a special individual. Like, there's not a lot of individuals like him. So I'm just trying to get to know him and trying to figure out how I can get some of that confidence. And if you hear a little delay on this podcast, Dean is still over across the pond in the UK. And we are here in South Florida simultaneous. A little bit of a delay, but understand it's not Dean's trying to think of an answer. Uh, It's just that there's a technical delay there of uh, you're quicker on your feet than that. Patty is a star. There's no denying it. People on Twitter are arguing and debating um, good versus star. And I want to remind everyone, never confuse what's good with what's popular. You can be really, really good, but not that popular. And you can be super popular and a huge star and really not that great of a fighter just yet. So the Connor comparisons, I don't think are fair. Obviously, we've got the European with the big personality, and he's charming and handsome and likable, and there's an underdog aspect to that. With Patty, he's a little more relatable because he looks a little goofy, dance a little goofy. But you understand, Dean, folks right now are wasting their time comparing the good or great with the star power potential, aren't they? Oh, man, for sure. I mean, it's unfair, the treatment that he's kind of getting. And I think it's it really comes down to kind of jealousy because he comes out and he's got all this attention. It's his second fight in the UFC, and, I mean, he's rocking the house. He's getting all this attention. So people are automatically, like, putting these comparisons on him and then trying to figure out, oh, they're saying he should have been fighting this guy, he should have been fighting that guy, and just he's making this much money. I mean, the reality is, is he's still – Two fights deep into the UFC, and there's and that's the that's the number. You know what I'm saying? Like that is undeniable. So allow this kid to be built up. Allow this kid to, a fair opportunity to prove himself, and let's not make these crazy comparisons just yet. And I talked to I talked to Jared Gordon earlier today via message, and I said, "Are you going to do this or what?" And he's like, I'm trying, bro. I'm trying. So that's a fight that Jared Gordon wants. I'm not sure the UFC wants it to happen just yet. I don't think anybody had a bigger or better Saturday or certainly more fun than your girl, Meatball Molly McCann, who had a major coming out party for the masses. Hometown kid staging this party. It was as if she and Patty were throwing the party, um, a la Euphoria or Project X, and it was a barn burner, and they both had the best day possible. I don't think anyone had a better day, though, than your girl, Meatball, who then not just not just one on a gorgeous spinning elbow, then dove out of the cage, grabbed a belt, came into the cage with it, but then proceeded afterwards to crack open a bottle of Howler Head banana-flavored bourbon, get hammered, and then crash the cage after Patty won his fight while she's just screaming with banana-flavored breath. She had the best day ever. Oh, she had the best day ever. I mean, she enjoyed it. We talked before the fight, and she was like, yo, I just want to get a finish. 
And she couldn't have imagined that the day went quite like that. I think as a fighter, you never really can predict it. Like you can hope that you have a good day. You you hope that you surely don't have a bad day, but you can never really predict to have a day like she had yeah. in which everything went perfect. Like she, like she like dominated this girl during the fight, like purely. And then at the end, f- capped it off with a, a, not a knockout of the year candidate, yeah. Agreed. you know, like uh, what everybody's saying already and hanging out with her in Liverpool. Like everybody knows who she is. Like just walking around where everybody was coming up to her saying hi. And we got into the cab and they were like, Oh, I saw your fight. And I mean, it was, I mean, she's really living on cloud nine right now. Yeah. But with that being said, she's also very realistic about it and saying, you know what? It's I'm still just me. Like, I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm not me anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely, and I love that about her, that I, realism. I get that because, you know, let's look at Conor McGregor for just a second. Here's a guy who, when he was a very bad man, wanted to be very famous and very rich. And instead, he became very wealthy and more famous, iconic than I think he ever imagined. But in the process, somewhere he lost being the guy that people feared. And you and I have talked about it many times. And I think a lot of the behavior that came out of this past summer following the defeat to Dustin Poirier and all the trending this fall and winter and all the stuff that you'd see on Instagram and on Twitter comes from, yeah, I got really rich and then I became really wealthy. And yeah, I went from super famous to iconic. But man, I miss people being afraid of me. I miss people not wanting to fight me. I miss being one of the baddest men on the planet. That's got to be a real thing. It is a real thing. I mean, because at the end of the day, like, that's why you start this. Like, the people who have successful careers start this because they love it, and that's what they're seeking. They're seeking that validation of being good at something and being good at fighting and being a good martial artist. It's not always just about the money. So even when you get the money, you still have to be able to say, hey, I'm a good martial artist and I'm a good fighter. And then – when he started losing that aspect of it, I mean, that's when we really started to see problems. Yeah. But for for Molly, you know, she just wants she wants to have a successful career and fight, and she wants to be good at it. And you hope that she and Patty both keep separate the idea of being a superstar versus being really great. Let us yeah, move. I mean, Pat, Patty was you know you know just sitting in the room talking to him. Yeah, you know, he's really he's. He's a he's a fighter, you know, so he's going to want to stay fight. grounded. That's all staying grounded, because if you don't stay grounded, somebody's going to knock you to the ground. And then you know how that goes. And it's hard to rebuild that because all the expectation comes with that star thing. And that's why I remind people, don't confuse who's a superstar with who's really great. Kids getting really good. He's on his way. But don't jump the gun on that. All right. Speaking of jumping the gun, let's go ahead and get to the story of the week, Dean Thomas. And that would be Jorge Masvidal and Kobe Covington. Outside Poppy Steak in Miami on Monday night um, in a situation that let's call not necessarily the sixth round, but uh, people on social media choosing a side, some of them contradicting themselves in regard to what's justice versus vengeance. But what's your take on what happened? I mean, we know, according to the police report, Covington, who did invoke the Marcy law, which means you are not identified as a victim or the one complaining to the police. But we know who it was, so we're good on that. Told the police, someone came up, punched him from behind, hit him in the mouth, broke his tooth. Then uh, hit him in the face. He said he was told, uh, that's what you get for talking S about my kids. And then Covington told the police, I ran. And then he wondered aloud on the TMZ video, how would he know I was here? Your thoughts on how this whole thing played out. I mean, there's so many different thoughts on this and so many different takes. I mean, it just kind of depends on the angle. But I think initially, for me, what stands out the most is like, 
It, it was bound to happen. It, I mean, we're yep. talking about a guy who's constantly looking over his shoulder. Like, how could he be surprised that this happened? And so I'm thinking that maybe there is a personality trait of somebody of people that just says, you know what? There's I'm bulletproof. No one's going to touch me. I can say what I want. No one's going to touch me. Or is that delusion? Is that delusion? I don't know if that's delusion or what it is, but I'm surprised it took him. It took this long for someone to really run up on him. Same. And it took this to happen, this personal beef. And everybody's like, oh, George couldn't do it in 25 minutes. Like that fight wasn't about vengeance. Correct. That fight, I mean, that was the start of vengeance, but that fight wasn't about vengeance. That fight was about money. George was trying to get paid, but George knew that he was going to get his vengeance eventually. So, you know, everybody's saying he didn't do it in 25 minutes and like, he's supposed to be a sportsman about it. This is his life. Yeah, I want to remind people, um, the sportsmanship, I'm glad you brought that up because the sportsmanship thing is totally, it's just, it's bull. The idea that you're supposed to call your opponent and say, meet me on the court. It's not how this works. Listen, it's real simple. Inside the cage, there's rules, there's a referee, and it's sanctioned by a state and a commission thereof. On the street, Masvidal told him, it's on site. When I see you, it's going down. Not when you see me, not when I meet you at a predetermined spot. Just like Masvidal told Ariel Hawani uh, years ago on the MMA Hour, uh, he said, listen, but you know where I'm from, you got to have a good sucker punch and a good 50-yard dash time. You don't let them know in advance because they might bring a gun. This is not for play, y'all. This is not for show. They're not selling a pay-per-view. This is when I see you. Masvidal did what he said he was going to do, and Covington was not prepared, clearly, head not on a swivel. If I'm a, Listen, first of all, it's Masvidal's town. You claim it's yours. You claim you're the king of Miami, etc. Defend your turf. Defend your turf, if that's the case. But yeah. you know, we, we just marked the 25th anniversary of Notorious B.I.G., Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, death. Let's not forget how words used to get dudes killed in the 90s and early 2000s over rap beef. These dudes do it physically, said, well, settle it in the cage. It's not how it works, dog. It's not how it works. You can't cross those lines about someone's family, someone's kids, etc., and think it's just to sell stuff. Because I'm telling you right now, it's not. So you have a choice. Either stop or when we outside, when I see you, this is happening. And just like you tweeted, the most perfect tweet of all, you had the weigh-in show with Daniel Cormier and Dan Helley and I think Laura Sanko. And you had Colby Covington on the weigh-in show. And you said, I still got to get you on Dean's Diaries. And he said, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, you know, you keep saying I'm not about this life. Uh, to me, you're just Tyron Woodley's water boy. And you tweeted yesterday the perfect tweet. Remember what you tweeted? It was perfect. Yes, I did. I said, looks like somebody... It ain't about that life. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I mean, the reality is this, man. And let me give a little backstory on the whole thing. And let me first say this. Like, I've always been good to Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we've had Kobe in camp. I've known Kobe a long time. Yes. I've always, we used to share the same office at times. Like, his boy would let me study film in the office. And I would co. we would co- exist in the same office so i've always been good to kobe even when kobe beat tyrant i went to the back i congratulated him i right. told him he was a great fighter yes. i've always said kobe was a great fighter but i did say he ain't about that life after i saw his reaction with fabricio verdum i said he's not about that street life and that's all i was saying was he's Correct. not about that life and he took it he took the opportunity to use that against me when i tried to get him on my show that's why I had to get yeah. him back. And that's just why. Just showed everybody, he ain't about that life. Exactly. And that's why I said, um, come on down, Kobe Covington. We're going to play a game called About That Life. And he got punched in the mouth and, oh. 
It's not for everybody. Just like you can be a superstar and not a great fighter, or you can be a great fighter and not a superstar, you can also be a great mixed martial artist, but not about that life. And people say, well, how, right. how, how can you say it's not about that life? Here's how I know. Because about that life means you get hit, you start swinging back. You don't run, and you don't call the cops. You start swinging back. You're willing to die there in that spot. That's that life. You know who's not for that life? Colby Covington. You know who's also not for that life? Me. And I know this. You've got fight, flight, and freeze instinct. Your limbic brain that controls your reflexes, your body language, decides for you. Fight, flight, freeze. He flew. He told the cops, I ran. And that's okay, bro. You're a great fighter inside the cage, but you are not about that life. So don't say you are because that was the test and you learn that you're not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, so somebody attacked me. Like a lot of people have been attacking me on that, but they don't know the backstory of it because the the truth is he ain't about that life. We just established that he's not about that life. And that's okay because most people ain't about that life. It takes a special person to be about that life. You have to be like bred into that. Like George Masvidal, he's about that life. We've seen him. The Diaz brothers, they are about if – th- if that happened to Nate Diaz, you think Nate Diaz would have ran and called the cops? Nate Diaz would have stayed there and took his – he would have took a beating if he had to, but he's about that life. Some people just ain't about that life. He ain't about that life. He's a great fighter, but he ain't about that life. Correct. You know how I know I'm not about that life? Because I had two incidents of violent activity against me, both of which were surprise. In the first instance, it was four dudes versus me. I'm playing defense for survival. I get the numbers are off, but I'm just trying to protect my head because it's getting kicked in my face because it's getting kicked and punched and hit with bottles. I'm just trying to survive. The second go around, a dude jumped me when I was sitting in my car. Again, I'm playing defense, playing defense, trying to cover up. If I was about that life, I'd be playing offense. And all I was trying to do was survive and get the hell away from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people, most people ain't about that life. Now, when you talk about some dudes that grew up in the street, they have no problem with it. They have no problem with, hey, he wants to sucker me. That's fine. We're going to get it done. But when you when you run and you call the cops, that's that shows that you that you're not prepared for that. Right. that you're not prepared for this type of lifestyle. And that's OK. So you should act accordingly. That's yep. OK. Yep. But act accordingly. That's exactly right. We all learn about ourselves in the moment. I think Kobe Covington learned in that moment, you know, who and what he is and who and what he's not. You know, listen, Masvidal calls himself street Jesus. This is street justice. This isn't, hey, man, meet me on the corner at 1130. We're going to fight. This isn't tap him on the shoulder. Turn around, put your hands up. Street Jesus, street justice. If somebody got a problem with that, well, that's on you. Masvidal told him it's on site. He kept his word. And we also established that was how the British lost the Revolutionary War. Many times. Announced that they were coming. As I often say on our daily radio show in South Florida, as I often say, the biggest flaw of the British Army was bringing a marching band that was so damn loud that the opposition could hear them coming from miles away. Could finish eating breakfast, could take their time, (laughs) shave, get dressed. They got a drum corps out front. You got flutes and horns playing. Plus, you wore bright colors. You can't win at war without the art of surprise, you dummies. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then when they fired, they all stood in one straight line. Yeah, that's a that's a terrible tactic. <laughs> it's a terrible strategy. A te- you should have reminded them. When you're over there, you should remind them, like, hey, don't forget, Revolutionary War. Yeah. There's a reason why. <laughs> There's a reason why. Uh, people say all's fair in love and war. So people bitching about Jorge Masvidal. This is war. And so you don't got yes. to tap someone on the shoulder and say, excuse me, sir, I'd like to challenge you to a fist fight. Please take two, two steps back. Sorry, all's fair in love and war. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, you know, what I'm not saying that I, I condone what he did, but all I'm Me saying neither. is that that's what happened. Correct. This Correct. is what happened. And 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 why and I, why people are surprised is what I'm 
what I'm surprised about, how can you be surprised when a man who calls himself Street Jesus, who came up fighting in the street, how can you be surprised that he sucker punched a guy? Because they think this is all storyline to sell paper. Listen, the week, week leading up to the, to the pay-per-view card on March the 5th, I'm reading my Twitter timeline and people are going, it's fake, it's a hoax, I know for a fact, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, these people have no idea what the hell they're talking about. I think they learned. I think Monday night they oh, yeah, learned they the learn truth. Now. They, they, they know better now, don't they? All well, right. I think the thing is, too, is that they also think that he only did this because he lost the fight. And that's not true. This goes back to all the beef leading up to the fight. This yep. had nothing to do with the fight. Yeah, this is about his kids. Uh, real quick, about 30 seconds or so. Main event this Saturday night. Uh, you are in Columbus. Curtis Blades, Chris Dawkins, Philadelphia represent. Who you like and how? I like Curtis Blades to win this fight, and the reason why is because I think he he underperforms a lot. But with his skills, that he should be top three heavyweight in the world. But he just seems to underperform. But I think with a guy like Chris Dawkins, he doesn't possess a skill set that can really challenge Curtis in a lot of areas. So I think Curtis Blades wins this fight. Styles make fights, as we've said for two hundred years. It's a wrestler versus a knockout artist. It'll be interesting to see who gets to do what they want to do and who's on the other end of having to do what that guy wants. Uh, for Dean Thomas, Josh Cohen, saying thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time for the next episode of the Lover and the Fighter podcast. The Lover and the Fighter podcast with Josh Cohen and Dean Thomas is presented by UFC Fight Pass. UFC Fight Pass is the world's premier combat sports streaming service with over 200 live events, the largest fight library in existence, original shows, and more. Sign up for one year and get half off for a limited time at ufcfightpass.com forward slash sign up.